Family, what does it mean? What does it mean? We are told, based on Scripture, that we are created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We are created, we are alive, according to the Bible's teaching, in order to first glorify God. What does that mean? It means have such an appreciation for God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. We're to so know Him that we have hearts and lives that seek to glorify Him, meaning we want our lives to applaud Him. Our lives and our words to applaud Him in all of life. We want to boast in Jesus Christ. Paul said, boast in the cross. We want words and lives that applaud Him, boast in Him, and celebrate Him. Where He is constantly in our heart and our minds so that our lives are celebrating Christ. We're created to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Enjoy Him now in this life and in the life to come. If you're trusting and relying on Christ only for your acceptance. So we're to honor Him, to applaud Him, boast in Him, enjoy Him. Okay. Well, what does it mean? How are we to joy in Him when life is hard and there's suffering and there's pain and there's heartache medically, physically, emotionally, the stress of finances and relationships? Life's hard. How are we to both honor Him, worship Him, and enjoy Him when there's suffering and joy? Yes. The book of 1 Peter is written to give encouragement. To give encouragement, help for today, and hope for tomorrow when there's more suffering if you're still alive. That's the purpose of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is originally written to those who are suffering. They are literally running for their lives. They're dispersed because of their faith in Christ, faithfulness to Christ. There is abuse. There's beatings. They're running for their lives. They've left home. They left businesses. They left, and now they are foreigners. They're exiles in strange places. And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is writing them a letter. Listen, you can glorify God. You can enjoy Him now and forever. And so we take this, we, we want to pray it for others, and we want to see these principles for your life when you're going through hard times. 
Life's hard. Life's not easy following Christ. And that you can influence and impact others. That they have joy. That's the focus of 1 Peter. It's the focus of life. Joy in Christ even through suffering. So let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and see these words where the Holy Spirit through Peter says this, though you have not seen Him, you've not seen Jesus Christ, but you love Him. It's more than an emotion. Though you've not seen Him, Jesus says if you love Him, you will obey Him. So you, you, you haven't seen Him, but you're Longing to obey Him. You're not seeing Him now. None of us are seeing Christ other than through the Scriptures. I remind you, you do not need a vision. You do not need a dream. You do not need Jesus to physically appear to you. We have all that we need in the Scripture that we might see Christ. You're not seeing Him now. But are you believing in Him? If so, even in these hard times, look at what it says. You believe in Him. You rejoice with joy. Rejoice with joy in this that you are experiencing and it may get much worse. But the joy... The rejoicing with joy is worth the momentary suffering. That's the focus of the Scriptures. You're rejoicing with joy because of this salvation of your souls. Now, folk, that word salvation, some of you have heard it most of your life. Some of us, it's new. We don't understand these words. Salvation is a wonderful, wonderful biblical word. And I want us to get come to grips with its meaning, what it means to be experience salvation. What does it mean? Simply, it means to be saved rescued saved from something rescued from something and saved and rescued for something the young toddler there's a crack in the door and the young toddler escapes and goes out the front door Onto the lawn, into the road. Traffic is coming, and someone stops and sees and, and what saves that child and rescues that child from danger, from possible death, and saves that child from to the family. Safe. Picture. Of salvation saved from, saved to. There are a wonderful to understand salvation. I want us to see this statement. 
This statement of what's called, it's a good word now. It's a word that's found in Scripture. And I want us to understand it so that we can understand what Christ has accomplished for His people. Folk, the only way to have joy and encouragement is to see Christ, His accomplishments, His purposes. So let's go to that word called justification. Salvation is a part of justification. It's a great word. Let's understand what it means and how it applies. Are you joying? Are you rejoicing? Joy in salvation. Joy in your sanctification, your justification. What is it? It's an act of God's free and full grace. Listen, family. This salvation, this justification begins with an act, a single act of God's full and free grace. It's free. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Did you hear? You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's free and full grace whereby Whereby, look what it says. It's an act of God's full and free grace, whereby we as sinners, it's where He comes and pardons us. Where He pardons us from our sins. Family, listen, we're all sinners. We're all evil and wicked at heart. We all deserve God's judgment. That's what we deserve. But in Christ, to bring us joy, He pardons all of the sins of all the people who the Father gives to Christ. Pardons all our sins. In a sense, Stephen, James grew up together. Little boys up the street from each other. I mean, they were best friends. They played together. They went to school together. They were on sports teams together. They even went to church together and both were active. But then after high school, they went to separate colleges. And Stephen continued pursuing Christ while in college. He actively participated in campus ministry like RUF. That's a great ministry on college and university campuses. That's where he found his fellowship. That's where he found his friends. But James chose a different group of friends started running with friends who were not pursuing Christ. I remind us of the Scriptures that he who walks with the wise shall be wise. And those who walk with fools shall be destroyed. 
those who act and live as if there is no God, as if there is no accountability, shall be destroyed. James chose to go with that group. Started getting in trouble. Wrong crowd, doing things, going places that he should not. Stephen, after the university, went on into the military. And during the military, he was chosen to go to law school. We finished law school. Then through government, became appointed a a judge by his legislature. Now he's a judge on the bench. gentleman was brought into his court charged with embezzlement it was his old friend James guilty guilty as charged What is both just punishment of a crime and yet merciful? Merciful. Merciful, but yet just. Due to the crime of embezzlement, court fees, restitution of that which we had been stolen, $15,800 was necessary for restitution, court fees, and fine. James didn't have $15,800. And then the judge stood from his chair, removed his robe, reached in his back pocket, removed his checkbook, and walked to where James was standing in front of him and wrote a check for $15,800. Justice had to occur. Justice was satisfied. He's guilty. Restitution must occur. James had the money. He had what was necessary to experience that freedom. The judge then returned to the bench, put on his robe again, and continued court. Justice must occur. Punishment must occur, but the offer of mercy, salvation, rescued, delivered, pardoned. Folks, that's a beautiful word where, listen, God Himself chooses to pardon all of our sins, all of them. Pardon means to 
declared, not only not given, but not remembered again. Occasionally we read in the paper where a governor or a president or an official will pardon one, not only set free, but it is as if it's no longer on your record. You're pardoned as if you never, ever committed those crimes, those sins. It's a beautiful word. But let's continue that you might understand what it means. Pardon of all our sins accepts us as righteous in His sight only for the righteousness of Christ. Folk, that's salvation. That's salvation. Where God accepts us as righteous. Right before Him. Accepted before Him based on the righteousness of Christ. That's salvation. That should bring us joy. When you're going through hard times, the salvation of your soul. And lastly, that word, not only salvation and pardoned through the rightness and obedience of Christ, but look at that word, Christ righteousness imputed to us. Imputed to us and received by faith alone. The righteousness of Christ imputed to us. What does that mean? All that Christ is to God the Father is now placed on your record. All that Christ is and accomplished is imputed to us. Our sins are no longer on our record. But the perfection of Christ. This is intended. Says Peter through the Holy Spirit. To give you joy. That you can rejoice with joy. How should this affect us? What is necessary for this to grip our hearts, to give joy, and to help impact others? What's necessary? First of all, we need to see how much we need Christ. We need to see how sinful and evil and wicked we are apart from Christ. We can never appreciate Christ's salvation justified him imputed to us until we realize how needy and desperate we are ask Christ to convince you of how needy you are ask Christ to convince others how much we need him that he'll search us oh God and show us our hearts show us Convince us of our need of Christ. 
So we begin there, Lord, show us how much we need Christ. Show our family, our neighbors, your nations that we need him. But secondly, convince us he's the one we need. He is sufficient. His obedience credited to your account. So that no longer does our Lord see that sin and that disobedience and that rebellion, but he sees the perfection of Christ. Lord, show us our sin, but show us the Savior from the Scriptures as we read together, as we study together, as we learn together here and with others. And then lastly, Lord, use us. Use us to give this great truth to others. Others in your life. Others with whom you have contact. That they can know their own sin and know the forgiveness through Christ to know that they can joy, joy, joy. Rejoice with joy. As they're going through those hard times. Difficult pain. Heartache. Disappointments. Family. It's about rejoicing with joy. Rejoicing with joy. Through Christ. Jesus says of his teaching, this is what Jesus says, I have told you these things, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's what Jesus says. He's taught us these things so that his joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete and full through him. It's all of Christ. It's all of Christ, family. May we know this. May you know this joy. May you know this joy. And may he use you to live this joy and to share it with others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you for him telling us these things, these truths, so that his joy may be in us and that our joy may be full and complete. Father, thank you for this gift of salvation justified before you as if we've never sinned. Convince us of this. Father, Christ's life imputed to us and imputed to all of those you have given to him. May we believe it. May we live it. And yes, may we share this with others. Father, in the name of and authority of Christ. Amen.